to the 52nd episode of the Toledo Matters Podcast. With you, as always, is your host, Bob Tucker, your co-host, Danny Woodcock, and myself, your engineer, Nathan Lewis. All right, Mr. Engineer. And today with us, we have uh, council, Toledo City Council member, uh, Nick Comives. So, yep. And uh, it was a pretty interesting chat. It yep. a good one. This is a long one. We're going to talk about a number There's of things. There's a lot of different stuff to talk about. Nick's yep. background. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the issues he's working on now. We're going to go deep dive into the water issue that's yep. going to be on the Toledo ballot this year. So, so buckle up. <laughs> take a listen. <laughs> uh, real quick note, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate any reviews you guys have, especially if they're positive. If they're negative, don't leave reviews. Um, yeah, just email us. <laughs> yeah, just email us the negative Seriously. ones. And uh, if you take some photos doing some cool stuff in Toledo, make sure to use the hashtag Toledo Matters because we'd love to see some of the stuff you guys are doing. I'm yeah, going to start using that It'd just also be nice just to see that there are people listening to the show. We also, have metrics. There are I know, but the metrics people. aren't as fun as like dozens. seeing somebody's picture. You know, the dozens <laughs> of metrics that we have uh, aren't, aren't as inspiring as, you know, a cool picture that someone yeah. did and thought about us. Yeah. So that'd be, that'd be cool. Well, without further ado, here's Nick Comives. With us today, we have Nick Comives. Welcome, Nick. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Welcome to the show. We, we just started, just like out of nowhere, It's right? rare that I get applause when I... <laughs> Studio audience loves city councilmen. Yeah. 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 Council they, members. There you go. They myself. love our guests. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Nick, uh, Danny just said it, you, you're one of the Toledo City Council members. I think you were elected last November and as an at-large uh, council member, is that right? <laughs> that is correct. All right. Sworn in on January 2nd. There you go. It's been going all right? It's been going all right. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll good. Let's get to that in a minute. But first, let's talk about your background, where you come from, things like that. Are you, are you, are you from the area? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Genoa. Yeah. You may have heard of it. A little it's bit. It's a lovely yeah. village. It's in Italy, right? They make great <laughs> salami there. They do. <laughs> We're known for our salami. <laughs> Actually, I think Genoa is known for maybe nothing. Yeah. Uh, mm. This one. Except... Sure, there's uh, something. But... There's good people there. How yeah, come there's so many important. cities in Ohio that are also in Italy? Or, or just other places like Lima, right? Right. Yeah. Or Lima. Toledo. Yeah, Toledo's in or Italy Paris. too. No, Toledo's in Spain, but yeah. Oh. So uh, you're from... You, from Genoa. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up there. Um, you know, the quarry there was my babysitter, basically. I had a pretty idyllic childhood. It's a good place to be raised. It's small. My graduating class, I think, was like 78 people or something. Oh, so you, so you, knew, you, know. you knew everybody. So as soon as I turned 18, I entered senior year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because my parents didn't put me in kindergarten until I was six. And then (laughs) when I graduated, I left. Uh, And I moved down to Columbus. I worked um, various jobs because campaign work is not super steady. So if you're thinking about going into it, please note that you'll work more hours than you can even imagine from like July to November. And then you don't do anything for a while. So that's what you were doing. You were volunteering or working for campaigns. Yeah, I was volunteering. Yeah. We're actually working. So I worked for various environmental organizations. I eventually started working for a group called America Votes. Mm. And so they operate a 501c3 side, so nonpartisan. So we work to protect people's access to the ballot. So, you know, if you go in to vote and they tell you, oh, we don't see your name here and they turn you away. And then somebody walks up to you and they're like, no, 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 don't leave yet. You can still vote. That was sort of the operation I was working on yeah. uh, along with some voter registration efforts and things like that. Eventually uh, I was switched over to the C4 side, super PAC side. So 
doing a lot more direct campaign work on behalf of candidates, working with candidates before they launch their campaigns, um, setting up some media opportunities, you know, things of all of that lovely nature, uh, but mostly based on issue-based campaigns. So I worked on the National Marriage Campaign for some time, which was the highlight of my career, if you will, I suppose, uh, so far. I guess yeah, I've so got far. a lot to come, you, you know? Young. I'm young. Yeah. I'm young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I worked on various issues. Um, eventually, after the marriage campaign, uh, while we were sort of in limbo, if you remember, there was that weird time when the Supreme Court was taking up the case, and so everybody was like waiting on their heels. Sure, yeah. And uh, we were debating, okay, it's either going to go the right way, or we're going to have to individual state go through one by one and make it happen. Right. And you do that by going and knocking on people's doors and telling them to vote a certain way, right? So we were preparing for that, and I got to prepare for that in any place I wanted to. And so naturally, because Toledo matters, see that I, oh. <laughs> I do a good job? Perfect. Second applause? Perfect. Oh, a ding. A ding, yeah. That, that, that gives me one free credit if I miss a question later. <laughs> right. Um, it's a but, free trivia credit. <laughs> yeah. But I decided to come back here. Okay. And yeah. uh, I worked on the marriage campaign from here. I was responsible for the state of Ohio. Um, the Supreme Court ended up taking it up and going the right way. I hope you all Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was some good work uh, that happened there. And uh, really opened my eyes because I was on that campaign and went to several different states uh, in the beginning. And so it was a really nice experience. Uh, but I chose to come back here. I quickly became the executive director of Equality Toledo because it's a very small nonprofit, a sort of niche. And, uh, and what is Equality Toledo yeah. for folks who don't know? Yeah, so it's a, a nonprofit that works to advocate and educate on behalf of LGBT people. So a lot of what I did was go into different businesses or organizations or healthcare systems and talk to their folks about how to respectfully engage in dialogue with LGBT people, which I jokingly sort of say when I do that, but it's, it is a thing, right? We've all been taught many messages throughout our life and things are repeated. And so mm -hmm. we come with whatever baggage we have. And, and so a lot of what I would do was dispel myths. So people would ask sure. me, some of the strangest questions I've ever heard in my <laughs> life, um, but it was always a good time. Are any of those um, repeatable? I mean, yeah. you're teasing us here. <laughs> I am teasing you. I apologize. <laughs> I love to do that. Um, no, I mean, like a lot of them would just be like, "Well, you know, I knew somebody in high school who cross-dressed, and does that mean that he's trans now?" And I'm like, "Oh gosh, where do I even begin with this?" Right? <laughs> so you gotta uh, unpack it slowly, right? right? Yeah. And explain that sexuality and gender are different concepts and con constructs, and blah blah, and go through the whole thing. So it would always be laboring, uh, but it was definitely a labor of love for me, certainly. Yeah, and. Um, I made a lot of connections. I, one of the things I recognized early on in that organization was that they were very lawyer and professor heavy on the board and in what they were doing. And I thought, how are we going to really reach out to more people and more even within our community and then outside of the LGBT world as well uh, if we don't do a good job of having representation of all types of folks, right? So. Mm -hmm. Uh, get, we, get rid of those lawyers, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're always just lingering <laughs> in the, the background. Worst. You should have uh, seen the smile on Bob's face when he said lawyers. <laughs> yes. There was a nice smile. I did notice it. But I, um, you know, so I, I, that was really kind of what ended up launching me into running for office because I made a lot of really good connections through that work uh, with various organizations throughout our community. But that's the NAACP, Adelante, Flock. Um, you know, just the list is pretty long and pulling in people so we could talk about I mean, because LGBT people are also other people, right? Yeah, like, yeah, right? Like I once was asked, why do I care so much about immigration and refugee issues? And I said, because some of those people might identify as LGBT. Mm -hmm. And then that means that I need to especially care about that. But certainly anybody who is in that 
situation or under that type of duress. So eventually uh, started working still for a, another sort of arm of America Votes uh, on the side. And 2016 happened, and he who must not be named. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> number 45, I think many people like to refer to him, but our president, Donald Trump, was elected into office. And I sat up that night with some friends of mine and cried for a while and didn't really have a great <laughs> night. Woke up the next day and just laid in bed all day, because like I said earlier, when you work on campaigns and you do that kind of work, you're working a lot of hours. And then the next day... Uh, I was preparing because I was taking the month of December off a lot. Well, you did because you work so many hours, you still are employed and blah blah blah. And in January, I actually spent the month of January in 2017 in Budapest, Hungary, working on some LGBT issues there. Um, oh, that's cool. What were you doing? Out it there? was cool. Uh, so I got connected. So there's a great local organization that's called the Consortium of the Great Lakes, and they work with community organizers from for, mostly former Soviet bloc countries but a lot of Eastern Central European countries and um, they do this sort of exchange program. So their organizers will come to Toledo and we do some trainings with them here and then they yeah. get placed with another organization of the, their interest type somewhere around the country and they do that for a, for a little while and then they go back and take the skills and blah, blah, blah. So then, of course, uh, there's the opposite where we get to go there a little bit. So I just banged on the table, which I was told not to do. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I did not go there to be trained. I was actually working with the LGBT organization. So where we are in terms of our rights in the U.S., they are many years behind in a lot of places in Central Europe in particular. Um, so I was working with them on how they were going to approach various elected officials to try and convince them that they shouldn't put a cage around pride and make it like a zoo type experience. For oh, jeez, It's really bad. And people throw stuff over the fence. And of eh. course, like the local police and law enforcement are like, it's for your protection, except they don't do anything about the people right, throwing yeah. stuff at them, you know, so it's a really ugly situation. But some good work has come out of that. And I stay in touch with those folks, which is really great. And then, of course, I traveled quite a bit because you're in europe so why wouldn't you heck yeah right? yeah you know? so I did, did the lovely bit about the eu right you don't yeah, have to really yeah. worry Just about crossing borders go wherever you want to there's no walls there <laughs> right yep yeah. um <laughs> am i allowed to say that i don't okay. you are yeah, okay yeah. good here we are so i did that work and then i came back and the next i think it was like two weeks after i got back i announced my campaign in international park and front of water Ooh. Yeah, um, because I'm very much concerned about the lake and our environment and all of that good stuff. So uh, I launched my campaign, and so <laughs> it's it's. I had to quit my job at America Votes. I had no income for nine months because I love this city and <laughs> really wanted to be elected. Um, not, I mean, not. I mean, I I, I genuinely care, and yeah, and yeah. I just went for it. I, yeah. I said I have to do something. Sure. you know. I mean, I've been doing stuff this whole time, but. Now it's time for me to take it to the next realm, and I, I, I am so. Going back to the campaigning, mm -hmm. what what was that experience of being the candidate like for you? Yeah, <laughs> instead of telling people, yeah, that no, one hundred percent, yeah. Like usually, <laughs> I was so used to telling people how to run a campaign. Here, yeah. here's your field plan. Here's your media plan. Here are all these things. Instead, I had to be okay with the fact that somebody else was going to tell me a lot of things, ah, which is really hard to do in the yeah. beginning because I thought I knew <laughs> everything about campaigns. <laughs> Um, because I've been doing that work for so long, but Sky Beckwith was my campaign manager, one of my closest friends. Brilliant. Her dad is a longtime organizer. Uh, her mom ran Marcy Captor's first campaign and then wow. worked for her for over 30 years. Yeah. Retired from that work. So she's got it in her blood to run campaigns. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, it was really helpful. It's a slog to campaign 
Um, I have been to every spaghetti dinner, fish fry, <laughs> uh, random festival that this city happens to have. I spent more of my time actually knocking on people's doors, though. Yeah. I knocked on over 12,000 doors by myself. Whoa. And then my campaign. And wear the skin 16. off your knuckles. and Yeah, I had to get new <laughs> shoes, the whole bit, you know. Yeah. You went to all these spaghetti dinners, all these festivals. Tell me, what was the best thing you ate on the campaign trail? That's a good question. Well, I mean, can I selfishly say something? Of course, yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, it's obviously the pizza that Pizza Cat named after me during the election cycle, <laughs> right? Come Ives and Chives. Nice. Is it pretty it's good? It's delicious. It's uh, smashed potatoes, Irish butter, bacon, chives, and it comes with a side of sour cream. Ooh. It's heaven. Ugh. Wow. Okay, let's and stop talking about it's also really food. good for your heart. We always end up getting on food. I know. And, yeah, that's, and I'm that's, always that's... starving right when we record these shows. Pizza Cat's got some of the best food. Yeah, I've Pizza had. Cat's pretty good. Also, in case they're listening, the Ottawa Tavern location is by far the best one. <laughs> I'm just going to say I now. agree. Like, I love all you folks that work at the location on Monroe Street, but so the, the pizza at Ottawa Tavern is You guys Tavern are angling for free pizza. That's what I think you're doing. Uh, never. We are always never. looking for sponsorships. So, oh, is that a thing? Oh, yeah. I guess. Right. Kind of. We've had two know. in 52 episodes. It's a long story we can talk about off the air. <laughs> So you go through the the nine month slog, um, and then w were you surprised to be elected? Were you expecting to be elected? I mean, yeah. Tell me, tell me how election. An interesting question. I've not been asked that. Um, it's like the most nerve wracking experience ever to yeah. on election day. So primary day was September eleventh, two thousand seventeen, and I just went out and knocked on doors that whole day. Sure. Just saying to people, hey, you said before when I knocked on your door that you would vote for me, so please go and do that. <laughs> um, and uh, we reminded a lot of folks to go and vote. And then, you know, we went, we posted up, I think at George's that night, perhaps, George's 409. And um, I remember watching the returns coming in, and I was not speaking to anybody. There were all these people there that were like volunteers on my campaign or were just interested. And they're primary all night. This primary, is primary. This night. is primary night. Yeah. And I was already twelve a giant of thirteen mess. people are gonna make it. Yeah, and I didn't know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing <laughs> that you need to know about primary night in Toledo, is that it doesn't matter if you make it in the top twelve. It only matters if you make it in the top six. And that's because it basically stays the same. There's not enough time to really change anything after that. So if you don't make it in the top six during the primary, then you're pretty much done. So I came in seventh. But you just said it only matters if you come in the top six. I know. That's okay. why I was freaking out. <laughs> uh, and it, that's when I really stepped up the number of doors I was on. I, I think really what happened, I mean, there's not a lot of press that happens before the primary either. Right. So I had sent out a couple of mail pieces pre-primary to kind of generate some buzz. My last name helps a little bit in this area because my dad's cousin played for Woodward, then Bowling Green, and then went on to play for the New York Knicks and the Detroit Pistons. Oh, I didn't know that. So I had a funny experience. One time when I knocked on the door, this woman slammed the door in my face and said she wasn't interested but i was like well please take my literature you know because you always just want to get your name out there a little bit and she took it so i'm like halfway to the next house and she opens it up and the door and she goes wait nick and i was like what she's like really related to butch comives at all and i was like yeah and she's like i dated him one time but i just <laughs> I, I couldn't do it anymore and i was like oh i'm so sorry that happened i don't know what to tell you will you still vote for me <laughs> yeah that's your end right there yeah yeah you know <laughs> I did, and I did have one really actually moving, touching experience while out knocking on doors. There was a guy in Point Place who I talked to probably for like 15 minutes about the lake. He's super passionate about Lake Erie, cares about it. Um, that's what we spent the majority of our time talking about. And then as I was leaving, I was like, well, you know, I got to go talk. You, know, you, go, I, you try to only talk for about three minutes, a little campaign tip there, make it short and sweet, get your butt out. 
Um, but he uh, stopped me and said, you know, he had a son who in 1998, when he graduated from high school, moved to Seattle because he didn't think that he'd be accepted here. And he's really, you know, sad that his family is broken apart. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and so he's like, I'm so excited for you to be elected because hopefully it'll change some minds in this area. Well, that's and great. I was like, oh yeah. my God, I just start crying. <laughs> so then you obviously moved at least one spot up because you're, you I are did. now a councilman. Yeah, so, so how did that happen? Do you think? I think it's because those I, hot purple signs, those hot purple signs were awesome. They were pretty unique. You, you know, you. usually you see like blue or red or sometimes green, but so purple is my yeah. favorite color. Yeah. Prince. And also <laughs> just purple school. Yeah. And, um, royalty. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then I wanted a cool contrasting color, of yeah. course. I don't yeah. know anything about design, but I knew that much. Yeah. And uh, so I happened to have a really close friend that is a designer, and so she threw it all together. Nice. But frankly, I thought the campaign stuff that we put out looked really great, which yeah, is I thought super so mm-hmm. helpful yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So all of our materials I thought were nicely done. Um, but I think, you know, it, that sort of in-between time, People are paying more attention, obviously. Oh, for right? sure. They don't, people don't really start paying attention to an election until it's actually close, right? Even right. though there's like this yeah. whole 24-hour news cycle. That's there's always a small group of people that really are tuned yeah. in all the time, but then most, yeah, a lot aren't. The yeah. gen, you know, that's why I never let like somebody's post on Facebook bother me because I'm like, that person is clearly paying attention all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But the majority of people have not a clue what's right. happening around right. them, which is Especially bad. people on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blade comment section is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> or any any of the news yeah. outlets. Any comment, comment section. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you got elected. Got elected. One. So that election night was also crazy because mm-hmm. I started out in seventh place after early vote. So those numbers come out first. And it's the top six who get put as council members, right? right? Yep. Right. Okay. So after early vote, I'm in seven. You know, we're over at the UAW hall. Everybody's excited. You're like staging time. your plans for taking number six out. So yeah, you can't you know, actually I'm like, run. how do I do this? Where's Gary Johnson? Let me find him right now. Um, he, oh, he's here. Perfect. Um, but just as we were leaving to go to our next stop, because, you know, you always go from party to party. Uh, we were head, heading out of the UAW. I looked down at my phone, refreshed the browser, which, by the way, can we talk about how poll results come out? Jeez, so geez, bad. why did it take so long? I'm like, this all has to be digitized, right? I'd literally yeah. punch it into a computer. How hard is this? Anyways, <laughs> maybe I could fix that someday. Anyways, um, uh, so we're leaving the UAW hall, and I bumped up to six. And then by the time we got to got downtown to some other parties, I had moved into fifth. Nice. So I felt, a little cushion Real there. good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little too good, because I had <laughs> quite a few. Ended up at George's, of course, which is a good time. Sam Meldon came down. Um, but it was really funny, because like the I would say the majority of council candidates showed yeah. up to george's that's great yeah. and i was like heck yeah, yeah. let's have a party in <laughs> a gay bar yeah so it was a good time great and so since your time on council has it been different than you expected how's it been mm. i get this one a lot um so good you have a prepared answer. yeah no i do it's short and sweet <laughs> just kidding um no i mean it is it's it's i don't think anything really prepares you until you're there and you figure sure. out what yeah. it's like um i thought i had an idea it is definitely different things move slower than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is the hardest part for me to grasp because I'm just like, oh, this is a problem. Well, let's, let's this is a solution. Yeah, let's just yeah. do this. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work like that. So oh, it's kind sad. of it's hard. And you know, there are eleven other personalities that you have to deal with, right? So oh, only eleven? Only eleven. I mean, well, eleven <laughs> that I absolutely have to get a vote of some kind yeah. out of, right? So they're the most important personalities, I would say. But 
it's kind of amazing. One of the first things I worked on was a voting rights bill because the Supreme Court said, oh, yeah, sure. Just purge voters from the polls. Sure. That's perfect. Yeah. So I, you know, I just think that we need more access to the polls. So I just thought it was silly that when you go to pay your water bill, for instance, you couldn't register to vote while you were there. So I wrote some legislation to change that. Um, I got two no votes on that that I did not anticipate getting <laughs> at all. Um, so so that, that's been one of your priorities on your time. What, what would you say are your general priorities as a council member? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question because I think a lot of people, um, and I think a lot of my colleagues in particular are very much focused on the day-to-day issues, which we should be, right? Like is... For instance, yesterday, my recycling didn't get picked up. So I what? had to be a constituent and call <laughs> and find out, where's why did my recycling right, get picked up, yeah. you know? Um, but, you know, so there's a lot of people that are focused on those aspects. And I really take seriously the charge that we are elected to be legislators. So, and, mm-hmm. and, and, in, and in particular for me as an at-large person, I'm not really necessarily bogged down in the day-to-day. Um, my what's going on in your district, and, right? Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. they're going to call their district council person for that. Right. So I, um, I look, I try to as best I can to look at larger overarching issues. So I'm very much interested in recycling. Um, anything that has to do with our environment, those are high priorities of mine. Um, so one of those aspects too, is what's called a MRF or a material recycling facility. Yeah. You're giggling. I, you know about this. It means we're talking about it enough that people no, it's because I love. you and I sat in that meeting and they said MRF like a hundred yeah. times. <laughs> That's really fun. <laughs> There's so many acronyms. It sounds like oh, the name man. of a, of a Muppet. Or I something. was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it'll end up hopefully saving us a lot of money in the long run. And so, you know, there's a lot of good stuff like that. Um, so I, but I'm looking at these like the larger overlying issues. I'm doing a fair housing piece right now. There are a lot of people that live in affordable housing um, that the federal government is encouraging them to take vouchers for. And then they get this voucher, which pays for their rent. And they go to places and places can say to them, sorry, not going to rent to you because you have a voucher. Right. Yeah. So yeah. which is just silly because if you have money to pay your rent, then you have money to pay your rent. Right. Right. right? It's a purely discrimination at that point. Right. Yeah. In your copious amount of free time, what do you like to do? I, I try to spend as much of my free time outside as I can because I tend to be in offices or meetings constantly. Yeah. 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 I'm meeting t- to death. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I do, I do a lot of that. read a lot. I just discovered podcasts. Yay. Oh, Ooh, that's yeah. a good discovery. Yeah. yeah and and so. soon after are on one. So congratulations. Thank you. It's, I, I've been on a couple, <laughs> but I usually only listen to my own self talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll, you won't like it. I can't stand it either. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> well, and now I'm like, you know, there's always a camera that's there. Like, and I have the end seat on council. And all the media always sits right by me. So they the always come hair. right up. I thank you. I know. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about the environmental issues that you're passionate about. I believe you had a water committee. Is that correct? I have a water committee. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, I chair the committee that's called Water Quality and Sustainability. Yep. So essentially anything that is handled through the Department of Public Utilities comes through my committee. So we spend a lot of money on making sure that we have clean drinking water, okay, which is very important, and that the water that we all have used or has fallen on the earth and needs to be treated before we can put it back into our waterways, that all of that stuff costs a lot of money. So uh, the Department of Public Utilities spends more money than other departments, uh, and it all comes through. So I get to watch all of that and monitor it, which is really nice. It also means that I get to interact with our director of public utilities, so I've gotten to be in the sewer. I took an amazing tour of our... Um, uh, water treatment plant, which looked I, really nice. It's so incredible in there. Somebody, it was so funny. I, after I posted that, somebody 
commented and said, oh, well, with all that outdated equipment, it's no wonder our water is so terrible. And I was like, wow, okay, you really think that they're really spinning these dials to treat our water, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah. 1942 again right. or something? Um, you know, but it's 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 obviously highly mechanized and really it's all, almost all computer generated and operated at this point. Um, but it's an incredible process to clean water. And uh, so I've gotten to take some pretty neat tours to learn about all of this. I never thought, you know, for instance, I'd be staying up and watching YouTube videos on ditches and drainage. <laughs> oh, geez. Until like two in the morning. yeah. I know. You asked me on free time. There it is. <laughs> Ditch videos. <laughs> <laughs> I could be rabbit holing in much worse places. Yeah, know, there's all sure. sorts of I'm fun cool stuff on it. YouTube like that. Yeah. yeah. So there's a regional water issue going on that mm -hmm. I'm not too keen to. Um, you help me talk about that? Yeah, I can. Um, so right away when I was sworn in, I was named the chair of this committee, which meant that I was responsible for steering the what was known at the time as TAWA initiative okay. the council. We have now moved on to something different. So background. Um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> TAWA came to be because many of our outlying customers, our communities that purchase water from Toledo, were upset about the nature of our plant at the time. This is years okay. ago. Like the suburbs? The suburbs. So Maumee, yeah. Sylvania, Perrysburg. Got it. And the EPA at the same time had said to us, you guys should make some improvements because you haven't fixed your roof in like 30 years, right? Which is oh, all fair. really yeah. actual problems. And But, you know, here's the thing is that what's interesting is that Toledo has given itself higher standards than what the EPA, the state EPA requires us to. Oh, so really? we actually triggered um, one of those additional tests. Mm -hmm. So we didn't actually have to issue the do not shrink, but we chose wow. to right. for safety reasons. So the water crisis, air quotes, mm -hmm. occurred. And so everybody was coming together at that time and saying, we've got to do something. And uh, so there were some negotiations and discussions that took place uh, with the principals of all these places, the various mayors or lawyers or whoever was representing the municipality. By the time I came into this uh, scenario, they had a prepared proposal or mm -hmm. what they, an MOU, a memorandum of yeah. understanding. And um, it was all fleshed out and everybody around the table had agreed to the terms and conditions therein. The mayor even signed the proposal on January 31st, okay. entering us into uh, discussions of whether or not we were going to do it. So it required, no matter what, a charter change on Toledo's part. So we were going to have to make some, we were going to have to take it to a vote of the people, no matter what, at that time. And um, we started to look into the MOU a little bit more now that it was flushed out and started to calculate what rates might be. Um, how much Toledo is going to have to pay into this, blah, blah, blah. At the same time, we're having these public forums and hearings, and people are coming there and voicing their mostly opposition, I will say. I mean, never mind that it's the same nine people that did it basically every time. Sure, yeah. But that's how it works. Um, and eventually, uh, the appetite on council was such that there was no way that the Tawa agreement was going to make it through. So... Uh, it was sort of dead in the water, and Toledo was the hang-up on that because all the other municipalities were ready to move forward, right? And so, well, what was wrong? Well, many of my colleagues didn't think it was going to work out to be the best deal for Toledo, okay. and the mayor started to have the same view, even though he campaigned differently and signed differently. I think that what was held within that 
contract and what it turned once we started digging a little deeper um definitely changed his tune yeah and i think everybody's tune on council because we realized that we were going to be selling off one of the greatest assets that the city of toledo happens to own uh which was i think maybe the most upsetting thing to most toledoans they were saying why would we sell something that obviously i mean it generates revenue but it needs to be also be said that any revenue generated from a public utility can only go back into a public utility okay interesting that seems like a good system. Yeah, significant because then you don't have people giving out pay raises or doling out contract deals or whatever with this money that should be reinvested to ensure that we have clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Right. So Toledo's not in this to make a ton of money, but we also, at the same time, definitely don't want to lose a ton of money. So right. under Tawa's proposal, when what would have happened was that uh, we would have created what's called a 6119 lawyer. Are you with me? Um, (laughs) sure. All right. So it's an agreement among many municipalities to operate a, uh, public utility or some other type of entity. Okay. And, uh, so everybody would have jumped into this, that 6119 would have created the water authority, Toledo area water authority. That authority would either lease or purchase the water Collins treatment plant. They didn't want our sewer, our drainage, reclamation any of the other stuff that doesn't make money they wanted the th- one thing that generates revenue mm-hmm. and they wanted that control because uh i mean it's about control frankly if you ask me um okay. coming into this later and watching it all and i i think that just a lot of those things i talked about that happened in the past so the the falling apart of our water treatment plant you know the way that we had let it go the the water crisis situation i think a lot of our customers were thinking like well it's pretty clear that toledo doesn't know what to do and how to run this efficiently and so we want to take that away from them and don't get and not give them the power okay so at the same time we we calculated and figured out that if we sold the water plant to the authority in order to receive water to sell back to toledo and we'd have to pay into this system so now we're paying for something that we already own to the tune of you know, 30-ish million dollars over five years or something, I think was the Ooh. amount that we were calculating. You just got a pay cut. But at any rate, so uh, we all backed away from Tawa, essentially, is what mm-hmm. happened. Sandy Spang was the stronghold through that whole process. She was in favor of Tawa the entire way through. Um, was a staunch advocate for it. Good for her. Um, but ultimately, we decided not to go with it. And my committee ended up hearing a proposal from the mayor, which is what we are moving forward with now. It is essentially all of the elements of Tawa, except the sale and the lease and a couple of other random little things in there. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip to all the good stuff because yep. that's the best. That's why we're here. So people are upset at the mayor's plan for mostly one reason. And that reason is because they don't want city council to have the authority to say yes or no to water increases, water rates, right? Fair. Which we already do because oh. we own it right. and we are yeah. bonded to it and we are respons- financially responsible for that. And so, therefore, we should have a backstop. Who would do it if you guys weren't doing it? Uh, it's only us. It's well, like our, if there was this like if like previously Tawa it would have been the Tawa authority. It sounds like okay. Yeah, if it wasn't owned by the municipality, whoever owned it would ultimately okay. be responsible. So they would set the rates, and under Tawa, they would be setting the rates. Sure. Um, but in in the mayor's proposal, uh, it, it still creates a a body, a regional body. So every customer has some representation around the table and they're going to be making decisions about the increases that we see in our water rates as well Mm -hmm. as proposals for what we call capital improvements projects so the city of toledo over the course of the last 15 years has invested over a half a billion dollars in our water system so when i tell you that it is up to date i promise you that it is and in fact it's probably one of the best in the nation sweet 
Um, uh, having said all that, they will have some control or at least be able to make some proposals on what those will yeah. be. City Council still has the backdrop here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it sounds like it's scary. It sounds like City Council is going to all the time be like, nope, that increase isn't enough. Let's hike it up another 8% to the suburbs. But the reality is we are going to be selling water to the, for the same price to every single person now under this new proposal. So there's no more playing around, right? Like former mayors was very well known for this. And this it's one of the reasons that a lot of our suburban customers were upset is because sure. they felt like they were being used uh, and taken advantage of. And so this new system will set the same rate for everybody. Everybody will have a say. City council will un, is very, very, very unlikely to throw away their proposal. So if they come back to us and they say, you know, water rates next year are going to have to be 3% higher, we're probably just going to be like, okay. Um, we can either take action and affirm it, shoot it down, or we can just not take any action and then it just becomes law. So that's the thrilling stuff about water, right? So here, here, here's where we are. Um, city council has said, yes, we want to move forward with the mayor's proposal. We voted yep. on it back in August. And now means that it's going to go before the citizens of Toledo. The reason for that is because it still requires a charter change of some kind because we are, yep. we're ultimately giving up some authority, right? We're allowing another entity to make decisions about how much we're paying for water. Yep. And that authority is made up of several people who represent all of our customers. It's, and I think that's a really diplomatic, very safe, fair way to dole out. And it's just increases. going to the voters of Toledo. What about the suburbs? Do they vote to be in? They or? don't have to vote um, on it. Their councils, they will still enter into a contract with the city of Toledo to yeah. purchase water from us. So, you know, that's what they do now. They come to us. We tell them, hey, if you want to buy from us for 10 years, it's this rate. If you want to buy from us for 30 years, it's going to mm -hmm. be this rate. Um, they're st we're still going to be making those contracts. Yeah. Except when we make them now, everybody's going to have the same price. Okay. Cool. You're going to see some, like, obviously it costs more money to actually get the water from Toledo to Perrysburg or Berkey Township or some other township that people yeah. rarely have heard of in Lucas County. Sure. So there are some fees and whatnot, but on the whole, everybody's going to be paying the same. Yeah. And now do the suburbs, do they opt into this? Do they, do their like city councils and township trustees say we're in or... Yeah, ultimately, any contract that they're going to make with the city of Toledo to purchase water from us will probably have to be, I would imagine, have to be affirmed by their city councils. Mm -hmm. So they will have authority in that sense, but they're not going to go to a ballot like we are. Oh, okay. Got it. So what it boils down to... Boils. <laughs> wow. You like that? You like that? Uh <laughs> is that we never really had a water problem to begin with. And <laughs> through all the stuff that's been going on, it turns out we've spent a bunch of money on our water system and it's state of the art and is still controlled by voters and the council. Correct. Awesome. Now, if only we could clean up the river. I mean, Toledo has been doing a really good job. Can I can I promote Toledo a little bit here? Oh, of course. Yeah. Appreciate that. It's, a, so, it's an okay platform for that. All right, good. I thought maybe that might be the case. The, so, you know... Well, essentially these algal blooms that we see out in the lake microsystem, by the way, is a catch all term for mm -hmm. algae. Um, I don't know how educated our listeners are here, but very oh, basically all yeah. of this, <laughs> when you hear chemists. the term microsystem, it's basically just, Hey, we found this algae and we don't know what it is and it could be poisonous or it couldn't be. Okay. But it's sort of a catch all term for all these. I mean, it's, I mean, think of like biodiversity. There are like just tons of different kinds of algae that are growing Yeah. because there are all these different types of poisons being put in our water system. Anyway, so these algal blooms are forming, and a lot of what is contributing to that is phosphates and other fertilizers. And so 
even Toledoans contribute to that, right? If you're out there right now, listening to this podcast and spraying chemicals on your lawn. How dare you? Stop it right now. But keep listening to us. Please, please at least try to do it when it's not going to rain within the next day or two. I, I said I was going to say something nice about Toledo. Toledo has curbed our phosphate uh, contribution to the Mighty Mommy by 92%. Wow, good. Lovely applause there. Yeah. And uh, we'll continue with that trend. And we, we are continuing that work through enhancing and making these wonderful improvements to our water system. Um, and it's really helpful. The real problem is that most of what causes algal blooms comes from other places. Farmers. And, yeah. And I don't want to demonize farmers, right? Because I have to say stuff like that. But, uh, and, and the vast majority of them are actually utilizing really good, strong, healthy practices for our environment. Uh, but there tend to be these large CAFOs, contained animal feeding okay. operations. Ah, that are just large fat. They're factories. There's one in Wood County that produces more waste than the entire city of Bowling Green. Wow. And they are not required by the USDA to regulate or curb any of that before they contribute it back into the water system. What? Yeah. So they have these giant pools on site where they're just putting all the poo and there's uh, water in these pools and it's just sitting there, which is yeah. what they do with it before they dump it back in the water because they're trying to at least not dump it all at the same time, basically. It's yeah. just... There are a number of things that we could be doing that are more sustainable that would be very helpful to our environment. But I do love that my bacon costs a dollar sixty nine per pound or whatever it is, right? Like sure. you're yeah. getting cheap bacon. I <laughs> I live on a city council salary. Do, you, do we have to keep coming back to this or what? I'm not a lawyer. Do you think you can afford the thick cut stuff? Come on. Got it. <laughs> the maple glazed? No, forget it. Oh, that is great. Okay, well that's good to hear. It's nice to hear that we're doing better. Yeah. I mean, we're fixing up how we treat our water, how we treat it when we get back and uh, before we put it back. And we're also just making some good improvements in our environment locally. So wonderful. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, keep up the good work. Thank you. It's an important thing for sure. Now that we've covered a lot of serious stuff, we're going to have a little fun Woo! with some Toledo Matters trivia. All yes. right. Um, win, lose, or draw. Today, you're going home with a wonderful Toledo Matters coffee mug oh, yeah. and a blend of actual coffee, Brazil Fazenda Santa Ines. You should have practiced that beforehand, Danny. Notes of milk chocolate, a mild, pleasant acidity, and a rich, creamy body. Thank you to actual coffee and Lance Roper. For always giving us the best prizes of prizes. I love that they call themselves actual coffee. Like, yeah, are well, the it's other ones not coffee. actual. Is that uh, you'll have to listen to episode twenty-nine of Toledo Matters, I think, ah. and hear Lance's story about how he brings it in. Right. We're here to do Toledo Matters trivia. This one's about mostly water stuff. Let's get going. Question number one: In eighteen thirteen, during the Battle of Lake Erie, Commodore Oliver Perry famously flew a flag that said what? Oh, uh, don't give up the ship. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Good job. I'm going to earn this coffee. Man, All right. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, constructed in 1865, what street hosted Toledo's first bridge? And there's still a bridge there today. Um, Craig mm. Street? <laughs> Cherry Street. Uh, Dang it. Yeah. It, it was, was a wooden bridge. Um, it got swept away in an ice storm 10 years later. Oh. <laughs> and there was a sign that said, if you drive faster than a person can walk, it is a $5 fine. 
Yeah, nice and back then, right that would have been a, count, a councilman's salary for me. <laughs> yeah, right? That's like a million dollars. Question number three. Mm-hmm. This one's the toughest one Great. by far. <laughs> I'm doing what, well. Once connecting the Miami and Erie Canal to the city of Maumee, this metro park is the oldest in the park system and was named for the canal locks it was built upon. Um, oh, it's a good thing I didn't say in my free time I really love to go to all the metro parks. <laughs> uh, because I do, but I when I remember this one's like out in White House, right? I don't know where we're No, no that's that too far. I'll just say side cut for fun. Yeah. There we oh! go. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. And Thank the bonus you. question, which you don't need because you got that bonus point from earlier, but what is the name <laughs> of the large cargo barge docked downtown at the National Museum of the Great Lakes? Oh yeah, shoot. Ooh, uh, the name of the actual not boat. the Boyer anymore. Yeah, mm. that, that's what that's the only thing that's like stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question, Danny. Yeah, the USS Toledo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you were so good close guess. to being among a very prime group <sighs> of four out of fours, but it is the Colonel James N. Schoonmaker. His four out of four would have had to have been asterisked though, with because with of, the, the, of the his bonus point. Hey, point, do yeah. you have to? No, no, he would have had all four. No, he got the no, no, side. He got the street. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. I said crash. I was one street. Away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for playing with us. Uh, appreciate it. you did really well for for thinking you wouldn't do so well. So thanks yeah, you for coming along. That was good. I was super. I like went back. I was like, okay, what year was our water plant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, one other thing we'd like to do with all of our guests is ask you if you know of any hidden gems in the Toledo area that you think more people don't know about. So this this could be. Something that you think native Toledoans need to know about or something you tell guests, oh, hey, you got to see this. I also always secretly hate these because I'm like, I don't want to give up on my good spots. So. Well, yeah, sorry. That's <laughs> a share. We are a sharing group. Nick. We're about sharing. Sharing is caring. All right, look, so I like being outdoors. I already said that. I also really love birds. And you can view migratory birds anywhere in this area. But I think the best place, if you want to take a little drive, is to go to McGee Marsh. It Ooh. is super beautiful. It's on okay. Route 2. Um, it's by the Ottawa National Wildlife Refuge that so you can yep. visit there. Thanks to Marcy Captor for bringing all that lovely federal money so we could protect our environment and bring back birds to this area. Um, but if you can't make it out there, you could see birds at one of our many lovely metro parks who would like not Howard pay Marsh. me to say that. Like Howard Marsh. Which is right by that. Yeah. Maggie Marsh. Yeah. So I think McGee is like is hands down my favorite place to go. Cool. For That's sure. great. Awesome. We love it. Oh, thanks, audience. Well, Nick, thank you very much for being our guest. We we appreciate you taking the time. So, yeah. Yeah. And best of luck with everything. Pleasure to, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much. It's been fun. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for the 52nd episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. Danny, why don't you take us out? There you have it, folks. Follow Nick Comives on all the platforms. And for more information on your Toledo city government, visit toledo.oh.gov. Toledo Matters is always recorded out of Waveflow Media Studios. Thank you to Toledo Matters trivia prize sponsor, Actual Coffee. Thank you to Jacob Parr for our logo and other graphic designs you see on Toledo Matters and the Toledo Matters social media. You can always get more information about this show at www.toledomatters.com. And thank you, Toledo, for tuning in and making Toledo matter. Until next time, we wish you well.